2: Rage 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 the rage 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 rage
1: Welcome to a very special Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and, of course, share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host. Bryce Johnson. And our super producer. Riley Bray. Oh, boy. Oh, boys. Guess what? what it's summertime oh yeah oh baby. sizzle you know what that means don't you
2: it means i'm I breaking out the guns breaking out the tank tops oh, i can't
1: wait for that <laughs> for a moment i thought i was worried you meant actual guns and i thought we'd have to pause this
2: and i i fucking wish i had a gun collection talk Ugh. to you don't get me started
1: <laughs> um no guys it's it's wet hot alien summer two summer abduction, yes. All summer long, we're going to summer be covering abduction. stories of high strangeness, <laughs> featuring UFOs, UAPs, aliens, alien abductions, close encounters. You name it. Uh This so is a, sick. It's a sequel to last summer's hit series, <laughs> Wet Hot Alien Summer. This one is a sequel. Uh, it's summer abduction. Does that mean we're going to be doing more abduction stories? I don't know. It just who knows? Sounds sexy to me. It um, sounds
2: so sexy.
1: And, guys, speaking of sexy, okay, what better way to celebrate wet, hot Alien Summer 2 summer abduction than with some brand new merch? Come on now now that's right we're not only bringing back last summer's wet hot alien summer t-shirt by james maholland wore
2: that today at the gym
1: we couldn't resist oh guys this is hot off the presses i'm literally getting it emailed to me as we speak oh no shit really i brought james oh dude I am I'm, I'm going to send this to you. I'm going to I'm going to text this to everybody here on the show. Oh um, snap. We <laughs> We got James back for a sequel to the shirt. Uh it's the Wet Hot Alien Summer 2 T-shirt this time with 100% more Lamborghini um, I'm going to forward this <laughs> to you guys. Uh, has I, he ever done a
2: shirt sequel? I mean, is this his first shirted sequel? That's
1: a good question. I don't know if James has actually like created a sequel shirt to a shirt that he <laughs> created. Um, but, I imagine it might be his first. Okay, I'm trying to send this to all of you guys, including our guests. Um, so this this uh, shirt is going to be up on the shop right now. The Campfire. We are Campfire.media merch shop right now so you can go to um to the link in our show notes the merch link or you can go to the link tree in our instagram at bigfoot collectors club uh at bigfoot pod on twitter and you can pick up that shirt and here's the Mm -hmm. crazy thing guys because not only uh, can you get last year's shirt and this new shirt we also have the bcc clubhouse shirt by Derek cole which we announced a couple week uh weeks ago and yeah we have yep. popsicle bigfoot a new yeah. shirt from artist holly ready which we revealed last week on our instagram guys you are gonna be decked out for the summer uh i cannot wait for you guys to take a look at this shirt it's it's great um all right let's not just Did got you- it it's fantastic yeah it's pretty great. Oh, man, is that good? So click the merch link in our show notes to pick those up, plus the other two new shirts we have for you, the BCC Clubhouse by Derek Cole and Popsicle Bigfoot uh, from, Har- from artist Holly Reddy, which we revealed last week on our Instagram. Guys, you're going to be looking so sharp for so the cool. summer. It's crazy. All right.
2: Yeah, the merch is on fire yeah. like never before. It's it we have some amazing amazing stuff.
1: I cannot wait mm-hmm. for you guys to see Comp that new BCC drip. I cannot wait for you guys to see this new <laughs> Wet Hot Alien Summer 2 shirt. It's got features a UFO uh abducting a very 80s sports car. Um so uh <sighs> get over there and check it out. Bryce, you should have it in your inbox, and so does our guest, if you want to take a look at it, uh, but is it in my Gmail, or did you text I it? sent it to your it's email account, Gmail. Bryce. Oh, okay, It's okay, in an okay, email. Okay, Come okay. on, Grandpa. Uh Speaking of which... Oh, oh, okay. oh, oh it's so cool. It's so oh, good. my All God. Right, so- oh, I'm coming on my computer. <laughs> Let's talk about Lambo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> legally, I don't know if we can say Lam- Lambo, I, I don't know if we can say it's a Lamborghini legally, but we'll just say it's a cool sports car. I don't know. It's a Lamborghini. It's a Lamborghini. That ass is undeniable. That's a Lamborghini. Uh let's talk about Dude, that is so amazing. Let's talk about supporting the show. Okay guys, there are a few ways you can do okay. that. First, okay. you you want to join our Patreon, Bigfoot Collectors Club, the other side where you'll get at least 3 bonus episodes every month including a video version of one of our monthly eps. Uh this episode, those episodes drop on Fridays. And of course, Wet Hot Alien Summer 2 Summer Abduction will be happening over there as well. Uh, If you want to support BCC but don't want all of that extra content because you're crazy, you can do so on our homepage at buymeacoffee.com. The links to those are in our link tree in the show notes and in our bios on Twitter uh, and Instagram. And finally... If you want to support the show for free, please do us a favor. Guys, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you do it, we might read it on the air like this one that Bryce is going to read for you right now. Oh, Yeah, I emailed that to you, too, like six hours ago. Okay,
2: here we go. (laughs) Five-star review. Okay, here we go. I'm right on top of it. Love it first. Listen by Shmesh J. I truly love this show. I stumbled over it to it after hearing a crossover episode with a funny feeling and haven't looked back. I'm a huge fan of the paranormal and anything related to the ooky, spooky, or mysterious. And these gentlemen and their stories hit the mark while making me chuckle along the way. Five stars. Thank you, Shmesh.
1: Thank you, Shmesh. Aww. And remember, guys, as we announced Shmesh last Shmesh. week, if we get 1,005 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, and look... I think it needs to be 1,005-star reviews, not just 1,000 reviews, okay? We don't want 1,001-star reviews, all right? So we got to hit 1,005-star reviews. We will record the promised BCC Jet Ski Special, which I think mm-hmm. would be a lovely way to end the summer. Uh, we yes. got about 400 reviews to go, so you guys get on it. And if we hit 1,000 monthly Patreon subscribers... Bryce will ride a jet ski naked and we'll post a video of it on the other side. Hey, we're doing what we can here over at the Bigfoot Collectors Club. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what, Bryce? I'm going to tell I'm gonna tell our listeners this. If you get us okay. to 2,000 Patreon subscribers, I'm going to strip right next to my buddy Bryce and I'm going to get on a jet ski next to him and we'll <laughs> both go in Dutch. All right? We're going we're going new jet skiing together. Dutch jet skis. Yeah, we're doing it. Okay, guys? And I'm I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. This is up to Riley, you know, if we hit 3000, maybe even something maybe we'll make it a trio. We'll find out. Uh but I think that would be a wonderful Labor Day weekend for everyone involved. Okay, that's enough BCC business. Let's bring in tonight's guest. Uh he's an author. He's a podcaster. He's a UFO investigator. Perfect time to bring him in to help us kick off Wet Hot Alien Summer 2, Summer Abduction. Uh, You can listen to him uncover the world of UFOs and UAPs every week on his podcast Somewhere in the Skies. Club Scouts of all timelines, please welcome back to the Clubhouse, Ryan Sprague. Yeah! Hey
3: guys, thank you so much for having me. We have so much to catch up on since I last talked to you. But um, I I do want to say, first and foremost, I think you're the first podcast I've uh, come across that has a sequel. To their apparel. Yeah. So congratulations on that. <laughs> You're creating a sweet. whole story here. I love it. <laughs>
1: it's too bad that you do a uh, UFO podcast in a year that has just got so much, uh, you know, it's devoid of UFO news. Are you, you might want to be thinking about, re, you know, picking a new podcast subject? I don't know. I know, man. I know. where uh
3: UFOs are the most uncool thing right now, apparently. What? No, it's uh it's been it's been incredible. Um I hope people can sense the sarcasm in that. It's for as a UFO researcher, I feel like finally I've been vindicated. People don't think I'm crazy anymore. So Do you think Yeah, totally. I'm sure we'll uh we'll go through that. You,
1: yeah, absolutely. I wanna get right into it. Um so do you think that this is maybe the most exciting time that you've had as a as a ufo ufologist like is it now or is it or it was like 2017 when this pentagon report first came out was that more exciting i mean
3: it was exciting michael but i do think right now we're just we're living in some sort of uh, god alternate universe where you know, the government is finally acknowledging the existence of UFOs and it's it's crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, the New York Times article in 2017 was cool and um, definitely took the world by storm for maybe like a week. And then no one really talked about it. Right. But No, you cannot turn on any news station or read in the newspaper and not come across a mainstream coverage of ufos now it's incredible so
1: yeah it's, again it's, i
3: think this is my christmas guys i really do
2: it's water cooler talk now right it's like i feel like everybody is uh is talking about it it's like you said and you know what a nice little vindication for you and uh we're, we're waiting for that to happen with bigfoot we're waiting for uh that's, that's a lot your that job. media attention to yeah, you're yeah, working on that, it, Bryce here. you are Ryan's You
3: you've made some headlines,
2: but Yeah, UFOs are <laughs> Ryan's
1: thing and Bigfoot's your thing and you guys are both, you know, helping bring it about. So, for people who are listening or this is their first episode and go, what what are these guys talking about? Um, in the past few weeks, as Ryan said, there's been a bunch of new UFO news come out. The New Yorker just had a huge Article in it that basically uh, covers the whole history of the UFO phenomenon in a really great way. Kind of covers everything from Kenneth Arnold to uh, uh, Skinwalker Ranch to you know Robert Bigelow and now Luis Alessandro. Like it's got everything. Um, But we so there's.
2: I love that you stopped yourself from saying Bob Lazar. It almost came out of your mouth. (laughs) I I I felt it go back in.
1: bring up Bob Lazar in that article i don't know but but uh there's like we're getting new ufo videos released the pentagon is disclosing more things videos that are saying yes that this is authentic video um i think there's parts about that i kind of want to unpack with you ryan but i'm getting texts from like friends back home who i know aren't really following this stuff on the regs and they're like, it Whoa! What is this?" And I'm like, "Yep, yep, yep, yep." And I think I think it's funny that you brought up the news cycle because my theory is, you know, the news cycle has calmed down a little bit recently. I mean, obviously, there's still mm-hmm. a ton of stuff going on, but like, we're not living in you know the the world where the previous administration sort of sucked the air out of all the news like it was all the focus seemed to be there and now i think that things have maybe quieted down a little bit like now people are catching up on all this stuff that's been coming because i remember the past three years were like why is nobody talking about this and it's just because the news (laughs) the news cycle was so jam-packed full of craziness you know
3: absolutely man that's a really good theory and you know it's very plausible that because we're not you know, getting new tweets from, uh, you know, the commander in chief every 10 minutes or, or stuff like that, that, yeah, it seems a little boring. I'm not going to yeah. lie. And sometimes that's for the better in my opinion. So uh, yeah, while there's not a lot going on lately um, besides obviously the pandemic we're making our way through and hopefully we're soon going to be on the other side of that. Uh, There's not a lot going on, at least domestically. So, I mean, why not? Why not make UFOs the big thing right now? Um, I think it's amazing. And I don't care, to be honest, the motivation behind it. I'm just riding the wave, man. I am. I'm just, again, I'm so excited. If you can hear it in my voice, I'm just, like, bursting to talk about this with anyone who's willing to listen. Well, where do you— Well, and
2: and speaking, I was going to say, and speaking of, you know, the former commander-in-chief, I think in large part he's— partly credited for giving this a little second wind here coming Mm -hmm. into 2021 because uh, he put in his stimulus bill a directive which ordered the U.S. intelligence agencies to prepare a detailed overview of the UFO mystery for submission to Congress. And that deadline is, I believe it's June 25th, and it's coming up really
3: soon. (laughs) It's crazy, man. Yeah. So for any of your listeners who don't know, yes, in that huge COVID relief bill, Trump did sign this tiny, tiny caveat uh, within the Senate Intelligence Committee um, about this report that they want given to Congress. Uh, The Department of the Navy and uh, the Office of the Secretary of Defense, they have to, like you mentioned on June 25th, give a report to Congress. Some of it might be made public. Most of it will be classified due to national security purposes. But yeah, man, June 25th, Hopefully around that date, they might delay it. Who knows? We're going to get the Pentagon's information on UFOs. It's it's now, crazy. How much, and, uh, yeah, we do have Trump to thank for how that. How
1: much is that going to be? How much out of that is going to be redacted, do you think?
3: Oh, I have no doubt, man, that um, a lot of it we're never going to see. And, again, I understand that both as a UFO researcher and as a citizen of the United States. there's certain things that just can't be made. Public, But I mean, I have I, I so I work for this this website, this new site that covers defense, security, tech, all that good stuff. And um, we have actually buddied up to some very important people in the intelligence agencies and also within the Pentagon UFO task force. And we know for a fact that we're going to get some stuff it's not just going to be this thing that they think the public is going to uh, forget about and mm. move on like we are pressuring these people and we are covering this and they have people who want to give the public information so we are happy to provide that if it's given so, to us and i have no doubt we're going to get some really exciting so stuff
1: so what do you okay first of all i want to unpack so you're friends with some 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 people and they know people what's going on here <laughs> what are you talking about right <laughs>
3: I got a guy who knows a guy. Um, Yeah, so again, this website that I work for, The Debrief, we have several of our journalists who have colleagues in the intelligence community. Uh, That is how in earlier this year, we broke a story of several reports that the Pentagon was looking at in terms of these UFOs in this task force. They gave them to us. We vetted everything. We, uh, we took almost a year to look into all of it and we put it out there. And these are reports that were in the Pentagon task force of UFOs. And we're not talking just like, you know, a light in the sky, man. We're talking some crazy, detailed, scary incidents that pilots have encountered. So, oh wow. Like yeah, what? yeah. And again, um, <clears throat> there is one that I can share with you guys. So back in, uh, oh gosh oh so so this stuff hasn't even been
1: released yet some of this
3: not not some of it i mean we we did release a photo that a pilot took of this sort of almost triangular shaped object in the distance uh that was one of the reports that the pentagon was looking at and the pilot took it on his cell phone and, um, you know, we did our best to try to come up with what it possibly could be. Maybe it's a Mylar balloon. Maybe it's, you know, a really close-up bird, whatever. We we tried to find every prosaic explanation for this photo that even the Pentagon couldn't understand what it was. Uh, so we broke that on the debrief, uh, kind of went viral for a little while, and then we Talked to a few other news outlets, uh, including George Knapp, the investigative journalist, who released other photos that were leaked to him. So now you've got all these rogue people within the Pentagon coming to us, coming to George Knapp, coming to Jeremy Corbell, and giving us stuff that the Pentagon is looking at. Now, there could be several reasons for that. Some people think we're being played, you know, or that we're part of some disinformation campaign. But I'll tell you, man, these videos, these photos... They're super compelling, and if this is what they're looking at, I can't even imagine what the stuff they're looking at that we will never see. So mm. uh,
1: this, okay, so this is great. This is really exciting. Um, and I remember so a couple weeks ago, and we haven't really talked a lot, uh, uh, too much about this stuff on the show. I was kind of saving it for the kickoff of Wet Hot Alien Summer Two: Summer Abduction, um, but. Uh, I remember Cor- uh, Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp released a video of this, like, pyramid UFO. You know, that w- there was a lot of mm-hmm. debate on whether or not it was actually a plane. It was sort of a night vision-y thing. And the, the Pentagon came out and said the video is authentic. And people were like, you know, the pro UFO people were like, see, see, it's it's real, it's real. Now, my question for you, Ryan, is, okay, now is the Pentagon saying – Well, the video is authentic. It did come from us. But are they saying and also the UFO is authentic or are they just acknowledging that, yes, this was camera footage that, you know, came out of our offices, you know, but that. Yeah,
3: that is a really good question, Michael. I mean, um, we were actually at the debrief. We were the first to confirm with the Pentagon that both the pyramid video and this other video that Jeremy Corbell released you know this other yeah, object. With, I'm sure we'll talk the about the sort
1: of uh, globulous looking silver thing, and the, the that was out the outside of the yes. cockpit of a, a jet, right?
3: Uh, I believe so. Yes, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, so both the pyramid video and this oval shaped object, globular object that actually appeared to submerge into the ocean, oh, right? Uh, yeah, these two were confirmed to us. Uh, by susan goh she's the public affairs officer for the pentagon she deals with all ufo stuff so she both loves and hates me (laughs) and a lot of people for hounding her dude like every second Um, but i'm sorry if you get on the ufo desk
1: of the pentagon like you're gonna have to deal (laughs) with some nerds
3: yeah yeah do some push-ups yeah um well okay they are authentic. That's what we were told by the Pentagon. Now, what I believe they mean by authentic is, yes, these were shot by, you know, members of the USS Russell for the pyramid video or uh members of the USS Omaha, I believe it was, for this other, you know, UFO submerging into the water Uh, and authentic in terms of they are still unidentified. Got it. So I right. think that's what's most important. They're not saying they're alien. They're not saying it's a chinese or russian drone they remain unidentified and they remain unsolved by the pentagon task force so you do have to wonder then what what does that mean what are we looking at um these were videos that the task force showed in briefings to members of the navy the military the air force everyone in between to try to come up with answers and none of them could so again why are they being leaked to the public now when this report is due in almost less than a month now? Uh, you truly have to wonder.
2: Yeah, and there's still, ju- you know, it, it's it's so funny to me, I guess, just like still h- how far they sort of stretch to just be like, and look, you know, this could be Russian, this could be Chinese, and it's just, can we just call it a, a, a UFO for, you know, as call it what it is for once. It's like, I should be working for that agency, and they'd just be like, What do you think, Bryce? Mylar? No, that's UFO for sure. (laughs) hundred percent. All the way. Yeah, that's not Russian. That's not Chinese. I know what that is.
0: Tell us more.
3: UFO. Bryce, you bring up a good point too, man. Like if we were dealing with China or Russia, like these tic-tac things, you know, back in 2004 off the Nimitz carrier, you know, Commander Fravor witnessed. And now the female pilot that was involved has now gone public, which is amazing. We've been trying to get her to go public for almost a year and a half She was on 60 Minutes. She's out there, man. Right?
1: I think she was on 60 Minutes last week.
3: Yep. And uh, she's been incredible. You know, she's embraced a lot of us UFO people. We can be pretty uh, tenacious and weird at times, but she's been amazing in uh, sharing information with all of us about what she experienced. But um, I guess what I'm trying to say is they were in a training exercise during that in the Navy, in restricted airspace, and these Tic Tacs were there. So let's say it was Russia or China. That's an act of war. I mean, they have breached not only, like, you know, our training area, but they're messing with our pilots. So I've talked to uh, Christopher Millen, the former deputy secretary of defense, and he told me, dude, we're not dealing with Russia or China. I I I guarantee you that.
2: Totally, I I love that because it's just it. I never, for once, thought, and I'm sure you didn't either. Anybody who's been following this for as long as you or or even us have that there's just no way this is some foreign tech. And and you know, it, I think a lot of people forget like these pilots, like Fravor and this and this uh, this female pilot. I, I wish I had her name at the tip uh, of my tongue. Alex but- Dietrich. There you go. Thank you. But but I think people forget, but these people are now experiencers themselves. So, of course, they want answers and and of course, they're going to be sort of open to the the community that's been digging into this for for decades. And you know, their probably tip of knowledge is is so shallow and they probably want to do a quick catch-up on everything what of everybody what they know about this UFO topic or UAP as we're now sort of selectively calling them but they probably want to know uh, the history behind ufos
3: yeah i mean i have had uh uh luis elizondo the former head of the secret pentagon ufo program a tip and uh, i had him on my show i don't know maybe like five months ago now and i i asked him you know we've heard these rumors that uh government people show up to these ufo conferences they're all you know in their trench coats at contact in the desert or you know what insert weird ufo conference here is that true and um he kind of paused and then he said have you gotten a lot of new like twitter followers in the past year or so and i'm like yeah i think you know ufos are kind of in people are are interested they find my show he's like no it's not it's not that he's like I guarantee you that some of those Twitter accounts are people in the U- the Pentagon task force, in the Navy, and they right. watch you guys. Because, again, I'm one of those UFO researchers, Bryce, who believes that the government doesn't know a hell of a lot about UFOs, mm. where some believe they have all the answers. I'm not there, man. I, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen the evidence of that. Um, you know, just because they cover something up doesn't know they doesn't mean they know what it was so he told me elizondo told me they are getting their information from you guys which gave me chills man thinking that's amazing (laughs) well
2: because yeah if you're in the intelligence community uh you know this isn't something you're going to unpack over the weekend you know what i mean it's it's a big catch-up game there's so much material so many accounts and experiences to go over so many different facets of just what this phenomenon is, it probably just makes their heads spin.
3: Absolutely. Again, you, you put it best, man. These aren't people who've been, you know, investigating UFOs like Mulder their whole life. They were put into this position. They're probably not happy about it. Let's be completely honest. Like nobody wants to be the UFO person. Elizondo did not want to be the UFO person at the Department right. of Defense. He It was a job he was given, a task he was given. And I personally think he did it really damn well. But um, they pulled his funding and they moved on because they didn't think there was anything to it. And now look at where we are, man. It's insane what has happened in the past couple of years. So, so why, um, why do you I think it's incredible?
1: Why do you think they shut that down? Is it just to, you know, our theory was that they shut it down just to start something new up. You know what I mean? But like, why? why would they think there's nothing to it, you know?
3: right and i'm sorry if you can hear there's a helicopter right over my Dude, uh, it's, my studio right now it's the men of
1: black they're coming for you <laughs> they're on they listen call. to the big uh, club before it, it even drops on <laughs> that's how good they are at listening I'm sorry. to the podcast they can hear it as it's being recorded
3: yeah yeah michael what what did you ask me man
1: i got no that's distracted okay i was there. just I'm asking sorry. like why why do you think they did shut shut down that program was it just that you know our theory was that they were starting up a new thing um a, mm-hmm. but like why did they think there was nothing to it or is that actually the case like
3: right um my my theory and you know Elizondo did share some specifics with me and my audience of like, you know, why they kind of moved on. And it's because none of the information that they were getting, whether it was videos or photos or testimony from pilots, uh, truly showed a national security threat. Like there was no UFO to touch. There was nothing to really study. So we kind of just go on what these pilots say, but you know, it's over. Like the world has moved on. Uh, They didn't blow up our base. So whatever. Um, And Elizondo was frustrated by that. So he said, yeah, but come on guys. Like this thing came into the airspace during a training mission when the pilots did not have any weapons on their plane. Like what if it was something that was here to, to mess us up? Like this is a potential threat. We have to keep looking at it. So that's when he quit. And I'll tell you this: just because he quit doesn't mean the program ended. Um, it, like you said, Michael, that's what happens. These things sort of dissolve and then get put into other other programs and other contracts. So who knows? There could still be an A tip going on in tandem with the Pentagon UFO task force mm-hmm. it's
2: almost like the the days of battle Los Angeles are over where we just start uh lobbing a barrage of uh, of ammo and munitions <laughs> up at whatever's in the sky that we can't <laughs> we can't identify and you know what I miss that
3: yeah yeah i know i I miss those days too, man. We need a good kind of alien invasion to happen again, but that's what a lot of people think this is you know the the Pentagon is creating this fear in the country that something's gonna happen so let's uh let's give. Fifty billion more dollars to the Navy. Right. Let's well, up the funding.
2: You know. T- well, now you're talking some Stephen Greer narrative, and and it's funny <laughs> because you know you can't leave him out when when the you when, when the UFO topic's getting hot. I recently saw something he said. Uh, I think it was on a, a, a one of his shows, but he was like. Uh, And I'll quote him. Lou Elizondo is a professional disinformation agent putting out false intelligence about the UFO matter throughout the mainstream media. So, you know, his he's getting quaffed. He's he's getting a little ticked off at all the attention uh, guys like Lou is getting and and, and all these pilots are seeing something. I feel like he's like, you know, got to Got to insert his narrative in there somewhere, you know?
3: Yeah, narrative is the key word, I think, guys. You know, you have Stephen Greer who, for some of your audience who may not know, this guy, um, he's a former, I think, doctor who kind of gave that up to be the guy in the ufology to get disclosure and uncover the free energy that the government is keeping from us. And, right. you know, he believes that all these aliens visiting us are peaceful and that he can he can help you contact them for... For $7,000, <laughs> you know, just give him the money and he will uh, just, shine a flashlight in the sky and vector in the UFOs. But then you got know, Elizondo saying these are a potential threat. So you're right. We have dueling narratives. And a lot of people think it's aliens visiting for peaceful reasons. And others think they're coming to invade us. So it's an interesting time in ufology right now. I feel like I'm in Braveheart or something. <laughs> do
2: you know You know where my first uh, Stephen Greer red flag came from? And there have been many along this journey. But the first Stephen Greer red flag for me is – I I read his book. I forget the name of it. I think it was called uh, Disclosure or something, whatever it was. Uh, But it was his first book, sort of his origin story. And he's like – you know, after you're right. He was a he was a, a an emergency trauma surgeon, and uh, but and then he got into meditation, and he said, and I remember when I was meditating, I lifted up off the ground. And I was like, oh bullshit. I was like, <laughs> uh, so this guy's <laughs> saying he could fucking levitate. Like, I'm gonna just mark this with a highlighter, a red one, and call this a flag. But now, you know, Bryce, anyway. Bryce, What if you Geller said
1: what? he did that? What would you say?
2: Hey, man, that's spoon bending, and that's a different thing, Michael. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I just Different listened to entirely. your Erie Geller episode, by the way, guys. Fantastic work.
2: Oh no, where do you where do you stand on all that uh all that stuff? Remote viewing, Stanford Research Institute, guys oh, like Erie Geller and telekinesis. And Price, do you have any, any thoughts or opinions to bring about it? Back that? To Erie Geller. <laughs> he hey, loves he's, it. He's um, an expert. I want
3: to hear what uh, what Ryan Sprague has to say on that. Oh dude, I have no doubt there's something to it. Look at the work that Annie Jacobson did, you know, yeah. tracing it back to the days when You know, the Nazi Party fell and both Russia and America found some crazy stuff that Germany had been looking into when it comes to remote viewing and telekinesis. And what happened? Russia got half the information. America got the other. Hence, you know, this kind of secret Cold Cold War going on. Absolutely. And I, I firmly believe there's something to it. Like you said, Project Stargate, the U.S. government. Did programs with remote viewing and were highly successful with them, yeah. um, and then you have members who were in that program. Hal Putoff being one of them, Doctor Hal Putoff, mm-hmm. who then worked with Tom DeLong into the Stars Academy and yeah. is a big part of the UFO narrative right now. So this stuff is all connected somehow, or it's all complete BS. I don't, I don't know. Well, I, I do know.
2: love to glue it back to all these players because it, it it becomes a little incestuous, and I kind of love that, but. But but yeah, you're right. I mean, these are these are extremely intelligent individuals dealing with this stuff. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, we, we were talking about Annie Jacobson's uh, fascinating book, Phenomenon. She's a Pulitzer Prize uh, finalist. I highly recommend that book for anybody who wants a more, you know, uh, to to get their ha- handle on that type of subject. What, but anyway.
1: Ryan, you set me up for my next question. What's the state? What what is the state of Two of the Stars Academy? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, cause I know that Louis Alessandro left and then there was some announcement that they're like, Hey man, we're going to make movies and, you know, but what's, what, what were they trying to do and, and why did it end, uh, in the way that it yeah. did? Yeah. It's an interesting, I guess, and
3: sort of convoluted story. So, you know, Tom DeLonge, former Blink-182 guy, he started this company called To The Stars Academy, which was kind of an offshoot. Of his media company to the stars where he specifically wanted to focus on, you know, UFOs and, and the subject when it came to what the government knows or doesn't know what our military is experiencing. And he got some super highly credentialed individuals to come work with him. The at dream this new team. Academy. The dream team. Like you said,
2: Michael Elizondo, Jordan, Al Scottie Platt,
1: Pippen. Michael Jordan. <laughs> it,
2: was, it was the 85 U S <laughs> Olympic basketball team. Pretty exactly. much. And you followed
1: yeah. Dennis <laughs> More like the
3: globe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the globe trotters. So I guess, you know, they did a lot. And the thing that DeLong was very upfront about when he started this quote unquote Academy is, uh, there will be a, a science division. There will be an entertainment division. Um, and what happened is basically the people he got to work with him in the government made incredible progress while there. Uh, they are the reason to the Stars Academy. Uh, Christopher Mellon in specific is the reason that report is going to be doing in June. He is the one who drafted it who put the wording in there, who who rec- Who formerly worked with the Senate Intelligence Committee. So he's the whole reason that any of this is happening right now. Um, and then you got the dude who worked for the Pentagon on the UFO program and several other individuals who kind of stayed in the shadows, former Skunk Works employees who worked on the most highly advanced stealth craft we've ever <laughs> come across. And uh, again, it was amazing. But what ended up happening is... The government stuff was kind of in front, which is awesome. Uh, but I guess, and I don't know this for a fact, you know, I'm not like tight with Tom DeLong or anything. I wish that were the case. Um, the entertainment part was kind of lagging. So. These guys, Melon, Elizondo, they decided to give Tom some space to kind of do his own thing and focus on his media. Because he's like, so, I still have to make money. <laughs> like, still, exactly, guys, man. Uh... Like, these guys <laughs> were not rolling in dough from To The Stars Academy. I can tell you. I know that for yeah. a fact. But they really didn't care. I mean, these guys have pensions in the government. They still have security clearances. Like they're fine. They're doing okay. So they were doing this because again, I genuinely think they wanted the information that the Pentagon was not willing to look at or make public. Um, So boom, they kind of, I guess, quit quote unquote, and uh, let Tom continue to do his stuff. He's making movies now. He's got his books, his TV shows that are coming out soon but they're still continuing their work in the government when it comes to getting stuff out there. So they're still talking, they're still working together. This isn't like they broke up or anything. Um so yeah, it's an interesting kind of story of um it's almost like a band breaking up, you know. They they never truly break up. <laughs> they're just doing
1: solo projects. Exactly, you know? man. They got to see how they do on their own. Sleeping with with each other's girlfriends. <laughs> oh man that that would be a pretty
3: pretty big scandal and i hope i'm the first to break that story <laughs> well Michael.
1: speaking of breaking stories you teased a moment ago uh, a little while back that you you guys were you had a new story that you guys were about to break on the de- on the debrief
3: yes um so again like i mentioned we were given several of these reports from the task force that might not be made public in june or might we don't know that but uh we broke a story um a while ago that kind of connects to a lot of stuff going on now of um this one report that uh supposedly and again we don't have the the hard firm evidence yet but michael they in one of the reports it included an extremely clear what we were told quote extremely clear photograph of an unidentifiable triangular aircraft oh wow Uh, the photograph which is said to have also been taken from inside the cockpit of a fighter jet depicted in apparent aerospace vehicle um described as a large equilateral triangle obviously i'm reading this verbatim uh with rounded or blunted edges and large perfectly spherical white lights in each Mm. corner officials who had seen it said the image was captured in 2019 um but that you know at first i was like yeah of course like people see these triangles all the time classic yeah but the fact that it's a clear photo and this is what really got me guys gave me chills uh two officials that received the report said the photo was taken after the triangular craft emerged from the ocean Mm. and began to ascend straight upwards at a 90 degree angle it was indicated that this event occurred off the eastern coast of the united states um so again this like if this is true, um, which I have no reason not to believe it is, if it's in the report, and that the pilots actually got this, there's not only a clear photo, but there's video of the object ascending out of the ocean. Um, so this, is again, this a teaser I, I can't guarantee... for
1: Marvel's Eternals? Because <laughs> that's what your script looks glad like you... in the trailer.
3: Yeah, I noticed that the other day, man, when the trailer dropped. I'm like, oh, there it is, the Pentagon. They're using Marvel now as their disclosure. Yeah, yeah. So this is crazy, if true. Um, and I have no reason to believe that the photo does not exist. Um, whether or not we will actually see it is another story. But that's ufology. When... God, you know, I do find it
2: fascinating that that this sort of UFO, UAP narrative is is also evolving this arm that a lot of these things are coming in and out of the ocean, you know? And I believe those are termed USOs, uh, unidentified submergible objects. But I think that's going to be, like, part of the story going forward is, like, is there an underwater uh, UFO base or or is this just, like, is there portals beneath the ocean or what the what's going on there? You know, I mean, so often we think of these things as, coming from Zeta Reticuli, not not the Indian Ocean, but perhaps it's
3: a little bit of both. It is, man. And that's why the Navy seems to be out front right now with all of this. 60 Minutes report, all the mainstream coverage. It's all about the Navy, which, Mm. you know, kind of statistically makes sense. The Navy is worldwide. They're going to have much more experiences than the Marines or the Air Force. But the Air Force has been unusually quiet about all of this. Wow. So that makes me wonder either what are they hiding or what do they have? Um don't, but don't look the other in the basement
1: too. of the Air Force. <laughs> we don't have we don't have anything in the basement of the Air Force, guys. <laughs> oh no, just
3: our homebrew setup. That's all that's down there. Don't, don't worry about that. Oh man, I could go for an IPA right now. So bad. Um well to mention USOs, um, I'll just add like I'm I'm in Hawaii right now. Um, I'm not on vacation. I'm not putting my feet in the sand and drinking daiquiris, but I'm actually here um, to investigate several USO incidents. Whoa, oh, wow. tell us all about yeah. it. Yeah, man. So do you guys remember, I think it was back in December of last year, Hawaii had that like blue
1: yes, UFO I
2: do. thing. Yeah. I was there in Hawaii in December and it it, it it happened right after I came back home, but I was like, oh my God. Like right. hot off the hot off the
3: topic. Yeah. I remember Bryce. Yeah, I think we had spoken at that time that you said you were there when it happened. Um I had left like maybe a week. I was on the island previous to that. I had left like a week before it happened. Of course. Of course. But um so the blue UFO thing, if if uh any of your uh, listeners don't know yeah it was sighted on oahu um it was a cylindrical blue object that was seen all across the island and then it it started going to the west side of the island and then it descended and disappeared into the ocean wow. um so at the debrief we contacted the faa the local honolulu police and everyone to see if they had anything on this and they said no like There's no missing aircraft. Uh, We don't know what it was. And um, it was pretty interesting. So I contacted some people here on the island who I confide in with UFO stuff. And they told me that these reports keep coming in of these objects being seen on Oahu and going into the ocean. So I got my butt back over here. And um, I'm looking at a case right now where a fisher, local fisherman, saw two metallic objects come out of the ocean, and dart off in opposite directions at breakneck wow. speed. So again, guys, I don't know what the hell these things are. I'm not saying they're alien, but they are definitely not our military doing this, as far as we know, as far as we know. God, incredible. I mean, that reminds me of, you know, there's so much
2: activity of— uh of these things a lot of it happens off the coast of los angeles between here and catalina santa catalina island and you know Mm -hmm. people observe a lot of that same type of phenomenon but i just think it's incredible that it's happening over there near oahu right now as well it's uh i bet it's happening in so many more places uh i don't know maybe they just changed their exit ramp and now it's coming out a little (laughs) bit
3: further to the west you know Yeah, yeah. And again, I I tell people, our oceans are so undiscovered. We know that. Like, there's things we will never know what's down there, the depths of what could be down there. So I firmly believe, and even Luis Elizondo uh, believes, that we probably shouldn't be looking at the skies as much as we should be looking at the oceans when it comes to these anomalous Mm. objects or phenomena occurring. So I I truly believe takeaway. That's a huge takeaway. Because
2: you know what? We're... If we're like, hey, you know what, let's explore a little bit more of our own backyard as opposed to like, you know, sending out probes and satellites looking and to investigate these things when when we can actually investigate it right here, right now. I I think that's I love that. And that makes so much sense to me. It's like, let's go look for those underwater alien bases, man. Why not?
3: Exactly, man. There's one out in the Caribbean, I believe. It's called Autech. Tell your listeners to look into that thing because it's Whoa. crazy. It is. It's an it underwater base. It's real. It exists. What they're doing there, I honestly couldn't tell you. But those things exist all throughout Whoa. the, you know, the uh, the coasts and all over. Wait the world. a minute. Wait
1: a minute. Autech is a real underwater base, like a military base, or. Yes. Okay, got it, got it. I thought you were like, we found an alien base under there. I mean, I I found it. I knew that's not what you were saying. I just wanted to clarify.
3: (laughs) Oh, no, I'm glad you did, man. Breaking on Bigfoot Collector's stuff. Ryan finds alien base. (laughs) Uh,
1: Uh,
3: Who knows? I still got a little time here. I might find one. So what do you... Are are any of
2: these... Oh, I'm sorry, Michael. I was just just going to ask. Are any of these... Are any of these fishermen reporting debris coming off any of these crafts or anything i know that you know in the past there's been a lot of these stories especially things coming out of the ocean or in and around near water they always sort of leave some sort of metallic debris or it falls you know falls from the ship or are are you getting any type of those reports or not
3: personally bryce but that's such a good point man um the omaha incident that jeremy corbell brought forward uh you can hear these guys while this thing is happening again, this oblong shaped object on in- caught on infrared, you can hear the guys on the uh the carrier I believe it was that uh recorded this talking about what's going on, and the thing goes into the water supposedly from the angle we can see, and uh you hear the guys say it splashed it splashed, and they're so surprised and like kind of uh excited about that that it makes me feel that. Whatever that thing was, wasn't part of something they were doing. And they even sent out uh, planes and, I believe, a submarine to see if they could find any wreckage for that thing. And they found nothing. Mm. And that one oblong thing in the video, it wasn't the only one. There were many, many more of that object in that area at that time. So. Who knows, man. But I personally have not found any wreckage underwater. Um, I'm also not a good swimmer, so I'm probably not the (laughs) one that should be going looking for that
1: stuff. (laughs) So what do you think? I mean, if you had to take a guess, where do you fall in? Is this are are these things friendly? Are they just scientists from other planets that are observing us? Uh, Do you think that we are under the threat of invasion? Like where where does your imagination take you with this stuff?
3: Mm-hmm. I'm kind of somewhere in between Stephen Greer and Luis Elizondo, to be completely honest. I'm a hybrid of both these guys um, sort of ideology. I think it will always remain a potential threat because we don't know what it is and we don't know how to react to it. Uh, but on the flip end, you know, even though UFOs have been sighted over our nuclear installations, you know, so many cases of that happening, um, they've never turned them on to, you know, blow up. They've never really caused any harm to anyone, to be honest, except for some close encounters and abduction stories I'm sure we'll talk about. But um, overall, there doesn't seem to be an immediate threat by these objects so i think we should keep looking at them as potential threats but i honestly don't think what we're dealing with is some sort of alien invasion if anything it's probably like you said michael scientists just coming to check out what's going on and um possibly not even sending any sort of actual uh what would you even say
1: biological entities
3: Yeah, man. I mean, look, we send probes everywhere before we go anywhere else. So maybe that's what we're seeing with the Tic Tacs and the pyramids and what have you. Maybe maybe
2: we're sending probes back in time. Maybe it's us from the future sending these things back observing. Uh, I I love it, man.
3: I'm all about that theory of UFOs, especially for the Rendlesham incident, which I'm sure you guys have touched on. Us from the future, man. I'm all in. Look,
1: I don't want to evoke a horrifying image from the Roswell series, but I, I'm going to say it again. Pocket mouth. These aliens have <laughs> pocket mouths. They're not eating anything. They don't have genitalia. They're not reproducing. Uh, I think they're drones. I think there's some kind of biological robots uh totally Mm -hmm. uh, well that's that's what i want i want you to call us as soon as you hear and maybe you have that there are photographs of some of these entities that's what i I mean give me the black triangles all day long but i want to see some pictures of some we're here for the pocket mouth yeah i get it man
3: well two things one if there were like an oscars of ufo podcasting um you guys won for that roswell series that was incredible well, I, I just have oh, to say sweet. that's a, oh man it was a i board, go back to report
1: compliment. basically but we appreciate it <laughs> dude
3: you're, you're cutting yourself short i go back to that series for my own research constantly oh, wow. so thank you for that and um the second thing i was gonna say is um oh gosh now i don't remember what we're talking about entities um, you guys covered one of the most fascinating photos of an entity I've ever come across. Um, I don't recall the name of the the case, but you had that really freaky photo of the the being on, kind of off in the distance. This is the one on
1: Ilkley Moor? The mm, I believe so. The man who was, that thing it. gave me chills. Yeah, you know I, mean? I get chills thinking about it too. I think you. It was in either England or Scotland, and he was there. Had been reports of strange lights, like orbs happening over the moor and he took his brand new camera out one morning hoping to get a photo of the um orbs these strange fairy lights and instead said that he saw this little et like creature hobbling up the hill and in the photo you can see what looks to be a craft cresting over the um the hillside which he said that he saw take off uh, moments after the the being went over the crest of the hill so um yeah that's a really wild case really really strange yeah uh and it looks real and then, I mean, you know it's one of those photos that you know kodak looked at it and they're like okay whatever this is was in the photo it's in it's it's in the negative it's not anything that's been doctored now whether or not it's actually real alien we'll never know uh
2: well and then yeah. you know you bring up a good point too because it's like I think – and we're all very careful not to say what you're seeing in the skies are aliens. But that being said, there's so much connective tissue to some of these experiences and encounters where these little creatures or whatever do hobble back into a, a silver tin can that shoots up off into the sky. So there is that connective tissue there to say, hey, these things are piloted by some sort of little creature with funny overalls like you know it's it, i
3: can see why people make that
2: jump make that leap
1: you know absolutely
3: absolutely man and you look at it culturally throughout the decades or centuries uh we've had these beings in every iteration you can think of when it comes to folklore I mean you look at the work of valet with elves and fairies and yeah. you know yesterday's fairies are today's gray aliens so i wonder what comes yeah next i was just gonna say that. what's
1: tomorrow's gray alien i don't i don't know if i want to know <laughs> but speaking of alien grays we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna talk to ryan about some of his favorite alien abduction stories kicking off with hot alien summer two on the bcc
2: Hey guys, Bryce here. Look, I know you know that I know you know that I love all things strange, especially elusive North American wood apes who shall remain nameless. Bigfoot, it's Bigfoot. But did you also know that I created and developed a hilarious new party game called Dirty Picture Cover-Up? You see, the idea came to me when I was in high school and I had to cover up all the dirty drawings my friends would draw in my yearbook so that I could show it to my parents without having them realize just what a bunch of degenerates my friends were. And believe me, they were. It was then that I realized that not only is it fun to draw dirty pictures, but it's even more fun to cover them up and turn them into something not dirty. And so, Dirty Picture Cover-Up, or DPCU, was born. The game is simple. Draw a dirty picture, cover it up, be judged, win. And as a way to say thanks for supporting, I'm offering our listeners a 15% discount by using the promo code BIGFOOT. Okay, fine, I'm obsessed with Bigfoot, and you'll be obsessed with DPCU. To get yours, just head over to thedpcugame.com, that's thedpcugame.com, and get yours today.
1: Ryan, I've got a book on my desk that I've been talking about a lot since uh since the beginning of twenty twenty one. It's called An Illustrated History of UFOs by Adam Allsuch Boardman. Have you checked this book out yet?
3: Yes. Oh my gosh, man. I was um I was a little disappointed. I wasn't one of the little cartoon portraits I, in the I, back I, for UFOs. Yes. I mean there... I've got a ways to go. I still have to <laughs> earn that. It. But um Oh, my God, man. That book was incredible. And I had no idea... About it like that it was coming out or anything So I suggest anyone just getting involved In this topic to get that book Immediately it's so cool
1: It has a wonderful just little illustrated timeline And the illustrations are gorgeous They look like something out of a Wes Anderson movie Um, And then uh, But they you know the thing that I love about it Is the back there's this index That has all these different alien creatures And you kind of you can look up the year And the location that they were spotted And I've found and because I I Think uh, Boardman is uh, English uh there's a lot of good european stuff in here too So stuff that i hadn't even known about but uh oh man i just i love mm. this book i have it out all the time it's sitting on my coffee table um but yeah one of the things we wanted to do other than catch up with you talk about the current moment that's happening in ufology is uh we had you on the other side uh few years back where you talked about like your top five ufo stories um and that episode has actually been unlocked so if you go over to uh patreon uh patreon.com slash bigfoot collectors club search ryan sprague you'll find that episode is up there for free you can check that out it's great um but what what are some of your favorite alien abduction stories or close encounter stories
3: Yes, I was trying to rack my brain because you guys have covered so many so well on your show. Well, and they can be Um, stuff
1: we've talked about, you know what I mean? I mean,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah, because I know you did the Pascagoula, which is awesome. I I highly suggest your listeners check that one out. But I do have one. I'm not sure if you guys have covered it or not, but this is the Stanford abduction of the three women. Have you guys heard of this one? This rings
1: a bell, but I don't believe we've done it as a story of high strangeness yet.
3: Oh, okay. Okay, cool. I'll, um, I'll try to, uh, speed through it. It's a little crazy, but cool. Cool. Um, awesome. So yeah, this is kind of known as the, the Stanford abduction. So, uh, this was back in 76. There, there were these two women, Louise Smith and Elaine Thomas, and they were celebrating the birthday of their, their good friend, Mona Stafford. And they were going to a restaurant between Stanford and Lancaster, Kentucky. And after their meal, they were heading back home. Is about eleven thirty PM. They were heading back to Liberty, Kentucky. And um, I, I do want to note they were they did not drink anything uh, alcohol wise during the celebration, nor did they do any kind of drugs. Because uh, when you of hear girls. this story, yep, you're gonna <laughs> exactly Bryce. You're gonna think they did. Um, so they turn off of Highway twenty seven, which would have gotten them home at about midnight. And there's a reason I'm telling you the time, as I'm sure you'll you know where this is kind of going. Uh, So just right outside Stanford, they see this bright red object in the sky. And uh, Mona Stafford, at first, she thought it was like an airplane or something on fire. Mm. And the thing is descending. So they're a little, you know, a little scared. Um, And it was on the right-hand side of their car down the road. So curiously, they kind of start really creeping going slow down the road and they see that it's not a plane but this large metallic object it was bigger than what they say two houses and um it took up the entire road so it sort of was like rocking back and forth hovering in midair for a couple of seconds and then it moved off to the left and disappeared so you know they're kind of like okay um They keep driving, and they assume that whatever it was, it had gone. Um, But then they see this blue light in the rearview mirror, and they think it's a cop, like maybe coming in to see what happened or was going to wherever this thing was. Maybe someone reported it. And they slow down and realize it's not a cop. It is the object. So it somehow circled around. It came up behind them. And uh, Louise Smith, she suddenly loses control of the steering wheel, like something was controlling it, and the car started to accelerate. It started uncontrollably just, like, booking it down the road at what they clocked was about 90 miles per hour. And her foot, mind you, was not on the accelerator at all during this. So they're they're freaking the fuck out. And, and Mona, she is trying to help Luis gain control of the car, and they couldn't. And then all of them, they started feeling this kind of like burning sensations yes. in their eyes and everything oh. was really bright. Um, terrifying, terrifying. So the, the ignition light in the car, um, it starts lighting up um, on the instrument panel and was, you know, kind of an indication that the car's engine was stalling. Check engine. And, um, check engine. Check engine. <laughs> exactly, Riley. So, you know, they're kind of still speeding along at this point, scared as all hell. And then they see the bright light, or excuse me, they see a bright light up ahead of them, not thinking it was the object. The object at this point had darted away, um, but it was Highway 78. Um, And this is when the car started to slow down, and they got control of it somehow. And after they kind of collected themselves, they realized that somehow they had traveled over 15 miles from where everything had originally went right. down, um wow, which right. for them felt like a few minutes. um they checked the time, and it was now one twenty five a m They should have been home at midnight, so that would have been maybe a half an hour drive from when this event happened, so somehow, an hour and a half had somehow passed um it doesn't end there though. They get home, they go to uh Louise Smith's trailer in Liberty, Kentucky, actually, and they go inside to collect themselves and they notice these huge red marks on the back of all of their necks. Yikes. And their eyes were like super irritated. And um and that was kind of it. Louise Smith, she goes into the bathroom to wash her hands, you know, kinda calm herself down, splash her face with water. And she tears her face and, off in um, the mirror. <laughs> poltergeist <laughs> style <laughs> michael you're oh. watching too many bad
2: bigfoot movies oh, <laughs> that's a great <laughs> ghost that <movie>. one too <laughs>
3: yeah yeah and um uh, what happened oh so she's like splashing water on her face and she looks at her watch and the thing is spinning uncontrollably the hands on the watch were just spinning crazily and um You know, when she put the water on her face, it immediately burned, like painful, unbearable pain. Um, So (laughs) they try to just go to sleep that night. I don't know how that would even be possible. And the next morning, they tell the local police and people at the local Navy outpost about what had happened. And they just were not having it. They, um, you know, they thought these women had gone out for the night, had a few drinks and concocted this crazy story. But um, all three of them had issues after that. Mona went to the doctors and she was diagnosed with uh, conjunctivitis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luis's parakeet—this is weird. No. Her parakeet literally died the first time she tried to touch it no. after oh this God. event happened. Whoa. And um, Luisa's car had a ton of weird electrical issues that the you know the repairman could not explain. So. Oh man. So they tell the Navy people again, like, this happened. Look at look at everything that's going on here. And the Navy, um, they pass it on to the Air Force. And guess who's coming to investigate from the Air Force? It is my hero, Project Blue Books, Jay Ellen Hyde. Yeah, baby. Um, yep. If any of your listeners don't know, this guy's like my man crush. He's this former astronomer <laughs> who worked for Project Blue Books. Looks Book like and investigated UFOs. <laughs> it looks like, yep. <laughs> Apparently, I got a thing for goatees or something, Michael. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, but um,
1: Luis <laughs> uh, alessandro growing that fat soul patch.
3: Yep, exactly. Oh, man, I didn't even think of that. No, nah, no, nah, Luis, he's not my type. <laughs> Alexander's not my type. You're um, not into the Smash Bros. So uh, <laughs> oh, man. That's bringing back the early 2000s for me now, for sure. <laughs> Ugh, uh What else So, happened? Heineck shows oh. up. Yeah, Hynek shows up, um, APRO, MUFON, all these like civilian run UFO organizations show up. And um, this doctor, his name is Leo Sprinkle, (laughs) which is awesome. Yeah, this dude, he worked with people who claim close encounters or, you know, alien abduction experiences. He was a regressionist, right? exactly so he did just that bryce he uh he put all three women under regression separately hypnotic regression and they all told extremely vivid and similar stories of uh being brought on a craft experimented on and had these small androgynous beings with big heads black eyes doing really traumatic and scary experiments on them um kind of like betty and barney this hill sounds it, it, so it,
1: much like betty and barney hill just the induction exactly. itself it uh in the in the red lights from the ship and the way it followed mm-hmm. them over their car um and just them waking up and then uh driving into which, town and missing time it sounds so similar
3: right michael which maybe you know it could be said that they Mirrored this story, or they knew about it and came up with this. Like, I'm not, I can't say this did or fun, did not happen.
1: What a fun lie to tell. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Why?
3: Killing your parakeet and getting conjunctivitis. Totally worth yeah. it. Yeah. Why would um, you
1: want crazy. to do that? You know? Yeah.
2: Wild. Oh, or, it, well, or, it, or it was the same, it was the same entities in the same type of spaceship. You know what I mean? I mean, who
3: knows? Yeah. Exactly, man. Um, so yeah, it, it was pretty crazy. They came, they told these stories and um, the local police gave all three of them polygraph tests. They all passed with flying colors and um, they have stuck to the story for a super long time and it's really become a, a highly credible case in the alien abduction, I guess, research field.
2: Isn't it so weird how they're able to affect our physical reality and universe? Like things like... You know, uh, guiding a steering wheel and 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 a foot pedal, and then just the whole thing about missing time and 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 extreme traveling of distances. It's almost like they're folding space time at that very moment and and condensing it, and they enter some sort of you know stasis, perhaps. And the and from that stasis, it's like you know, is it just them who stops, or does our whole reality around us stop? And then they sort of pluck us onto the ship do whatever they want and then set us back and and then and then hit the hit the timer again and everything just starts back up god it's just it, more and more it seems like our whole like physical reality is is so much like
3: a dream world anyway it's mm-hmm. i i don't know what's real is what i'm saying <laughs> well brace mm-hmm. that's a good point man i know on your show i uh i brought up a case where a gentleman it was the drive-in movie theater case Um, I I'm pretty sure I shared it with you guys at some point in the Mm -hmm. archives um, where this dude had in a Crescent or what would you say? A Chevron shaped craft, huge craft go over a drive-in movie theater that was packed with people. Um, floated over and again, like shut off all the lights at the drive-in theater. Apparently, um, everyone's cars wouldn't start. So like that's physical control. But when you move to like mental control, This guy was the only one who remembered this event happening out of hundreds of people who weren't talking about it directly after it happened. So are we dealing with some sort of control of our minds? Are they giving us instant amnesia? Again, I don't know. These are just crazy theories to pose when someone comes to you with such an extraordinary story. And I can tell you, I have found other witnesses now. So I know this dude wasn't making shit up um in terms of being the only one who remembered. I found other witnesses who reached out to me after they read the story in the book. So um I don't know man. If if that's the case they can control us physically and mentally uh that is a potential threat and that's extremely uh ugh, just terrifying well, and it's yeah. it's
1: weird too cuz we like you know or we by we i mean i you know like comp- i compare often <laughs> you know us to the aliens whatever they are as if uh they're the way that ants are to us you know that they're just they're so beyond our scope of understanding um but but we don't have like the ability to mentally control ants do we i mean i know hank pym does but he's a comic book character um but you know <laughs> what i mean like we we can't like although i guess you know now as i say this there's like studies of them like implanting microchips in rats brains and controlling them you know so maybe this is something we evolved to do is like take command of of other beings or lesser lesser evolved yeah. or something.
2: to add on to that. It's taking command of somebody else's reality. Right. Sure. So like scale it down. Like, yeah, we may not be able to control ants mentally, but we can certainly control their reality. We can carve out an entire ant colony and, you know, put it in a lab and and basically control everything that happens there unbeknownst to that entire <laughs> ant colony you know I mean, uh, why, do
1: I, we can totally... why do I always bring up <laughs> ants on this podcast
2: well cuz it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a great comparative right it's a great analogy mm-hmm. because you know what the the way that these entities render us helpless it is very comparative to like us influencing over the life of well, a an it just you know we have no control and also just
1: us not being able to comprehend what these things are or de- describe them accurately you know i don't know. right yeah
3: right. and then you get into the whole like simulation theory no too way. like are these so i won't go no there, we've done it, we've, talked about it. No, yeah,
1: we've done we've done this on the show. <laughs> yeah. i
3: i don't know enough about it to responsibly talk about it but um you know i think there's something interesting to that are these like small glitches in the quote-unquote matrix where like yeah. we catch a glimpse of the tic-tac or um a being was kind of like you know going in to repair the simulation yeah. and oops we saw him for a half totally. second like program know, en- program
2: it's, engineers
3: yeah 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 maybe that's why they're so robotic at times michael yeah. i don't know man you there's
2: right. something to you it. mentioned for this game to work you need a probe <laughs> up your butt and then we will continue on you
1: mentioned the pascagoula <laughs> abduction that's one of my favorites weird humanoids in that one floating gray elephant skin liked creatures with a carrot nose carrot ears no eyes lobster claws and legs that were fused together that to levitate <laughs> what is it about that case that you find interesting right Um,
3: right there, man. The description. Here's what I think about that case. Um, I honestly feel that the Pascagoula abduction encounter, whatever you want to call it of 1973. Um, first of all, it super F these guys minds up. I mean, you can hear it in the audio that the police department, um, for anyone who doesn't know during this event, the, they went into the police department, kind of in an interrogation room, told the police this crazy story of them being abducted by these weird-ass whatevers. And
1: um, it,
3: they were terrified. They were terrified of these carrot men
2: and yeah, the, um, the sheriffs ran a secret audio recording yep. uh, hoping to catch them lying about it uh when they left the room exactly uh, you know, but the opposite happened they 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 basically doubled down on their story alone together in that interrogation room
3: mm-hmm. um during that interrogation brace they I forget which of them said it, but he was like, Jesus Christ, God have mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I'd been through enough of hell on earth, and now I've got to go through something like this. Yeah. But God. they could have, you know, I guess, you know, it, it's crazy. Well, they started talking. These guys were...
1: So these were two guys that were fishing on the dock uh, by the Pascagoula yes. River. And this uh, almost uh nerf shaped, like football shaped uh blue object comes down and they talk in that recording about watching the portal, the doorway open and seemingly open out of uh, you know, a seamless, you know, uh doorway. And that there he was mm-hmm. like, Did you see that door open? He's like, I saw it, I saw it. That you know, they're like they're 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 discovering new details with each other in that moment. Yeah. It's so strange. Which,
3: you know makes me believe they had a singular perception of what was going on which is interesting because here's my theory um i think this whole thing was some weird mk ultra like Mm. lsd thing Mm. um where they they saw these sort of unwitting fishermen out there who they knew they could they could experiment on and uh see what ended up happening? What did they see? What did they experience? They, so um, so
1: you think this was like a government Black Ops kind of thing? I do. Interesting. Because
3: we know these things have gone on in the past. Um, and again, when you, when you describe something so weird and out there, like what these guys did, I feel like they were on something. And I don't mean like by their own free will. um, One of the guys said, what's so damn bad about it is nobody's going to believe us. And a lot of people do not. Mm. So you really have to wonder, was it an experiment? And did they get what they needed out of it? I don't know. But at the, uh, you know, sort of the, the sacrifice of these two guys who were, Fucked up emotionally for the rest of their lives.
1: And then you God. said that the so the younger guy, one of them was 18. I'm trying to remember. So it's it's Charles Hickson and Calvin Parker. Parker. Parker, Parker. was the yeah. younger guy, right? Was is he yes, the guy that's still he was alive? The younger guy.
3: He is still alive, although in the past month or so I've um I have spoken to him uh twice oh, now. Oh wow. And uh he he's not doing too well right now um so sending my thoughts to him and his family um but man he sticks to the story to this day his wife supports him i mean she said why why would he do this um for all these years if he didn't believe this actually happened to him and both of them never changed a beat from their story and uh Again, whether it was an alien abduction or an experiment, whatever happened to them, they firmly believe that happened. And All I right. don't want to take that away from them.
1: It's funny when Tenny you know, was on the show, uh, John uh, Tenny, he, he, uh, he said something similar about the Betty and Barney Hill abduction that he thought it might have been some weird uh, black ops sort of like mind control experiment as well. Um, I can see that. And yeah. uh, so I wonder if there's something going on there with the with the Stanford as well. That, that Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. This is so, God, it's you so know, strange. You I'll, know, I'll,
2: I'll tell you what. One thing you got to give Greer is his is his sort of idea ideolo- ideology that, you know, us humans are the real monsters. You know what I mean? And you know what? <laughs> there's something to that. I mean, come on.
3: yeah yeah i get it man yeah humans are uh capable of many things of which one is a theory in roswell that yeah. it wasn't aliens and a ufo it was a yeah. high altitude balloon experiment with children yeah disabled yeah. children who died from the you know going so far up into the atmosphere and like you said man that's darker than any alien invasion in my opinion if yeah. the u.s government mm-hmm. was doing something like that so.
1: Yeah, wow. wild stuff. We covered that in a, a an upsetting bonus episode on the other side that really bummed Bryce <laughs> out. <laughs> Again, Andy Jacobson <laughs> reporting. Um, well, Ryan, oh, gosh, unfortunately, this uh, episode has flown by. We got to wrap it up. Uh, we're so excited that you came by to kick off Wet Hot Alien Summer 2, Summer Abduction uh, with us. Uh, I know that, uh, so we're, the date we're looking at is again June 24th for some news, maybe?
3: uh 20 june 25th supposedly now again this this is totally informal like they could delay it another six months a year two years um but some people including me have heard murmurs that we may be actually getting it early so it could happen tomorrow man from when mm, this is airing who knows? get
1: ready it's gonna be a wild summer ryan uh we don't know where to find the pascagoula aliens but where can people find you (laughs)
3: <laughs> uh, you can find me um, on Twitter at Somewhere SomewhereSkies uh, what else I got oh I have my website where you can find the podcast Somewhere in the Skies uh, releases every Monday you can find it there you can find all my articles at TheDebrief.org uh, hopefully we'll have some exciting stuff coming up about that report and uh, yeah man everything I do is over there and I'll be hosting a panel at Contact in the Desert oh, um, happening the day the report is supposed to drop. So that's going to be interesting. Oh boy! Oh boy. Wow. I'm uh, hosting Ooh. a panel with a bunch of military dudes telling, <laughs> telling their stories from the Tic Tac event. So um, I'm honored to be doing that. And uh, yeah, I hope people will check that out too. Contact in the com. That's great.
2: We, you know what, Ryan, we, we love that you are seem to be riding this, this wave and, and you do such a j- great job of sort of collating all these these talking heads who are into this subject and, and, and it, you, you know, your podcast and your website is a great place. It's a great forum to, to hear everybody's opinion and, and some of the the most well thought voices in the industry and in the field. And, so thanks for yeah, doing thank that. You, man. It's such a great, also, you.
1: you're just a trustworthy guy. You know what I mean? Like you, you're an honest, <laughs> I appreciate your approach to this. Um, so everybody check out all of uh ryan's stuff um uh check us out on instagram at bigfoot collectors club on twitter at bigfoot pod follow me on those platforms at mcmills uh nothing else to plug at this time uh bryce riley what do you guys have
2: no you follow yeah follow me on the socials uh i'm there i'd love to see you there
1: likewise i'm peace drone on instagram and thanks for listening to our podcast. That's great. All right, uh, thanks again, to Ryan Sprague. Until next time, everybody. Good night, and
2: go get regressed.
1: Go get yourself some t
2: Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month.
1: Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds.